years, man! Ten! Where have you been for ten years? I freaked out, joined the army, went into business for myself, I'm a professional killer. Oh, does that, do you have to do postgraduate work for that, or can you can you jump right in? I'm, I'm curious about that. It's, not, it's an open market. Open market, yeah. that's good, wow. Ten years, man! Ten, ten years! Ten years, ten! Ten years! Ten years! I freaked out, I joined the army. I worked for the government, I went into business with myself. I'm a professional killer. That's what I did! Okay, well, can I join up? Yes! I pressed the wrong button. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> oh, no, I pushed the wrong button. Press the wrong button. Damn it. Damn it. <laughs> and I was going to start out like right off the bat. I was going to be like, hey, welcome to the... And then, of course, I fucked it up. So. Cool. Well, this is episode 18. Yes, because I was wrong last week. The whole episode, I kept calling it episode 16, and it was episode 17. So uh, welcome to that little step back in time from last week. Uh, the Funny Books and Firewater podcast, where we uh, attempt to drunkenly uh, discuss comic books and uh, and our favorite cocktails and pair the two together when possible. Um, if you like what you hear and uh, you want more information, you can find us on our website, uh, www.funnybooksandfirewater.com. Uh, and we're also on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and Tumblr and Grinder. Um, Do we really have a Grinder account? You bring that up every week. Do we really have a Grinder? <laughs> I'm just curious. You never know. I uh, I had a, a good friend at work who um, she was a straight girl, but she had a Grinder account, and she would just use it just to out her coworkers, like not in a bad way, just be like, "Oh, look around, let's go around," and then all of a sudden she'd be like, "Oh." You're on Grinder. Well, isn't that interesting? And then she'd be like, "Hey, <laughs> oh, that's funny. there's a there's a cute guy over here." So like, then we just like, oh, then she would just like, yeah, it was it was kind of horrible actually. She'd flirt with people and things like that. It was it was awful. Anyway, uh, so uh, if we're on Grinder, you're probably either running into Q or Adam. I don't know which. Um, probably Adam though, because Q is uh, <laughs> is is too classy for that. I'm I, I'm a good Christian woman. Yes, you are. <laughs> The goodest of Christian women. Does that mean just the butt? <laughs> Dude, when I was still in the dating world, we didn't have Grindr. We had gay.com. Really? Yeah. Just, just gay.com. That's a little on the nose, isn't it? The yeah. 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 But yeah, that, that, that's all that there was. That was before the internets were really real. And the things, I couldn't use gay.com because the only computer that I had was the USU uh, uh, computer lab. Oh, so right. I didn't even do any of that. No <laughs> <laughs> single in college. That still exists. Probably, it's, but I mean, now now it's probably just like more porn. I just I still wonder sometimes if like uh, like Friendster or MySpace still exists. MySpace uh, is still there. Yeah, yeah, MySpace still exists. Uh, friend Friendster, I don't know. Oh no, I, do. I, I remember. I looked so. it up the other day, and it's like we're gonna come back with a brand new <laughs> Friendster, like real soon. And then I looked at it, and it would posted like three years ago, and I was like, oh, oh yeah, I'm <laughs> right now. Uh, but I, I still wonder <laughs> if my Angel Fire website oh, is my still god. up and around somewhere. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> oh, Angel I, I Fire. Think, well, is Angel Fire still there? <laughs> we create a professional website and actually enjoy building it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, dude, you just gotta be ballsy and like be like the homeless people at the library who go on there and look at gay porn. It's fun. Salt Lake Library always is a joy for that. Yeah, but there's I, always something going on. When, when yes. Q and I were at uh, at Utah State, well, Todd was there as well. But when we were at Utah State, it was not necessarily the most progressive school. It, it, it might be a little more progressive now, but it was not. At the time. I literally had someone pull over as I was walking on the street and call me a faggot. 
Yeah. Literally, they had to stop in the middle of their day, driving up fourth north, to make sure that I knew that I was a faggot. And it was on my birthday. You should have just been like, what, where? 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 (laughs) (laughs) No, instead I burst into tears. It was was my first birthday away from home. It was not a good day for me. It was not a good look. No, it was not. The funniest thing, though, I still, I've told people this story, uh, is when you came out of the closet to me, and uh, I was just like, I was in the middle of a hamburger at Ruby Tuesdays, and you're like, so I'm gay, and I'm like, "Uh (laughs) uh-huh. And you're like, like, unfortunately, being in Utah, some people have been really shitty about the whole thing. You're like, you okay with that? I'm like, do you have a crush on me? And you're like, no, you're like my brother. I'm like, okay, cool, don't care. Like, it's cool. Well, so um, when I when I when I well when Q used to come over and hang out at my house before he was out of the closet, like he went home or went to the bathroom one point in time, and my parents were like, "So he's into women." I'm like, "He says he is." They're like, you sure? Such a a supportive friend. You know what? Because like, he says he is, and that's really what matters. I don't care. Like, (laughs) I'm a good friend. (laughs) It didn't matter, really. You know what I mean? We're just like, oh, okay. Well, uh, do we tell the good Charlotte story on this Podcast. Oh, let's not. Let's not. I don't. I, I mean, I I, I. I feel as though they are known enough that we should not. No, I, I wasn't talking about that. I was talking about when I went to pick you up to go to the club. I don't know what oh, you're talking about. Oh God! No, I, I think we have. Did we mention that? I don't know. I, I I I think we might have. Anyway, the first time that so it was my my first concert, and it was at Club Deviate, which is since sort of the ground. I love that place. That was great. Um, and so, because I thought it was a club, I thought it was like part of the rave scene. <laughs> so, so I wore body glitter and like blue hair mascara and all of this stuff. And Brian picks me up in like, you know, like a Metallica T-shirt, which you know, or, yeah. or whatever. And he's just like, "Oh, oh, fuck." I mean, we kind of knew each other, but more we were in the same class. And he was like, well, my friends are playing this club down Salt Lake. And I'm like, oh, I know that place. Sure, I'll take you down there. You know what I mean? I'm like, eh, seemed like it seemed fine. It was like, it was no big deal. And yeah. I can think about it. I'm like, I barely know this kid, and I'm going to get into a fight. Like, I can see it now. Like, this is what's going to happen. <laughs> Although, the, like, really weird part was that, so besides the fact that, yes, I did go to high school with Charlotte, really good friends with, um, the former drummer's family. And so while we're in line, this guy taps me on the shoulder and he's like, hey, you're one of the say, oh, never mind, no last names. And I was like, yeah. And he was like, hey, I was, I don't remember coming to your house to play football. I'm one of the missionaries. I ran into Aaron earlier in the mall and he told me to come to the show. And I was like, oh, hey, elder. How are you? I do remember that. Uh, Awkward. That was so funny. Here I am in besplendered body glitter. Yeah. Oh God. Just once. Should should have just had a V8 and stayed yeah. home. That was a fun show. That was also when we were. Uh, it, it was fun. It was so the the most bizarre experience about part of that was so like because yeah you knew the drummer so we took um Aaron uh, out to food afterwards and so like the twins Benji and Joel it's were like Carl's Jr. Yeah, we were yeah. Carl's Jr. Like he was just super excited to go to Carl's Jr. because like he'd been stuck with those guys already on the road for a while. And it's like their first national tour, I think. Like they were still. Mm-hmm. They were, it was. It was. It was their very. It was their very first tour, and it was their. I want to say it was one of their first stops out west. Yeah. Like they they'd already done the East Coast, and this was their first time going. And out they were west. opening for Phoenix TX. If everyone remembers who the hell that well, was. Well, the, there was oh, like God. Phoenix TX and Goldfinger and. 
Yeah, Newfound Glory. Because Newfound Glory yeah. kept offering me pot downstairs. Like they, I'm they, sure they did. It was like Newfound Glory were actually my neighbors in California. <laughs> I showed. I was the first one to show uh, Jordan the movie Donnie Darko. Wow. And that's how. And, <laughs> so that's why he, then he got obsessed with it, and that's why they did the cover of that song. So you're in, to uh, blame. So this is a a 90s punk rock talk. Um, Welcome to it. (laughs) I know, I'm like, and we're eight minutes in and we still have yet to do the introduction. That's fine. That's how it goes, right? (laughs) They should know us by now. It's episode 18. Yeah. That's right. That's true. uh, Does anybody have anything they want to pitch? Adam, you want to pitch anything? You have stuff to pitch. I don't have anything to pitch. Sure, yes. Um... So this is Adam, everybody. <laughs> hey, this is Adam, uh, right for Big Shiny Robot, and also do a movie review podcast uh, called The Board as Hell Podcast. And even though this will air in the future, today actually is my co-host Andy's birthday. Yes, it is. So, and Andy has been on the show, Andy. and we love Andy. Yes. And I think he listens to the show, so happy birthday, Andy. Yeah. And I think he actually, we've, we've talked about his returning, because he's he's excited about comics and stuff. So. Oh, fantastic, yeah. Um, cool. But yeah, just uh, doing that, going seeing movies, writing about them, uh, and getting prepped for Salt Lake Comic Con. By the time this is out, I will know what panels I'm on, all that good stuff. So, uh, And yeah, if you send forward. them to me, we'll post it on our blog. So if you want to see yeah. what stuff Adam's on, you can check uh, our website, and we'll, we'll post all that stuff. And probably we'll put yeah. it on our Facebook page and all that stuff. So. And if you go to the Salt Lake Comic Con panelist page, I will be the first one that pops up. I know. Alphabetical order. I love having the first name of Adam. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. I went to high school with an Adam Adams. What a oh, sad really? name. What yeah. a <laughs> it's kind of like, I know a Jonathan Johnson. I'm like, are you serious? Oh. But uh, really fast, going back to uh, Brian, when you were mentioning when Q came out, uh, when I came out, kind of, it was I was in college, and my roommate was like the hottest guy from my high school. Like We were friends, so we went to college together. And when I told him, he's like, oh, okay, cool, whatever. And then one of my good friends, who was not and is still not a very attractive man, was like, oh my god, you don't, you're not in love with me, are you? And I was like, oh, sweetie, honey, don't flatter yourself. <laughs> I love you, but I'm not in love with you. <laughs> so, I thought I was just interesting oh. that I would get the exact opposite reactions from people that I thought. You know, I feel disappointed that I'm not hot enough for you. That's really sad. Oh, Brian. (laughs) First of all, you were always taken. You always had a girlfriend. You know, I don't feel like it was that way, but my mom has mentioned the same thing, and it is kind of sadly true. Well, I mean, you you also are the only person I've ever gone on a double date with. That awkward, awkward double date that we (laughs) tried to have when I went out with, with a girl. Who did you go out with? No, well, no. Remember, we we came over to my house. We watched a movie, and it was it was a girl oh, that I met through right. through theater. She, she said, I can't remember her name. How terrible is that? No, I take that. Well, th- that was the only double date I went on. We did. Um, I think I met her. Was it during Cabaret? Uh, no, and it must have been earlier than that. But anyway, yeah. we, just, we just watched a movie at my house. Oh, we watched I think a Fast and the Furious movie. I don't know. I was it the Fast and Furious. Well, I mean, there's been 20 of them. I'm sure one of them was out. Or maybe it was, like, Gone in 60 Seconds. I didn't think or... we watched anything that's, that, like, uh, that like popular. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't want to say it that way, but, yeah, I didn't think we watched anything that popular. I, I, I want to say we just we watched just, like, a brainless action movie. Uh, like, I maybe. don't think we watched anything maybe. that deep. But the only other date I went on it was Ashna. I took her to the infamous Tarts and Vickers party. That's right, yeah. Yeah. Now she's married to Preston. They have cute babies kids. and they stuff. Two cute kids. Um, uh, yeah, the girl I did is dead now. Oh, oh. 
God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> did you write her name in the book or what? <laughs> we were we, we met on the first day of college uh, and we became really good friends. And as far as dating men's, I mean, we said we were going out, but it was more like we didn't even hold hands. So it was just kind of more we just hang out with each other. But I remember the one real date we ever went on, and we were good little Christian kids who went to Christian school, university. We went to go see this uh, scary movie, the first one, not knowing anything about it other than it was a spoof of scary movies. Yeah, that was like the probably the hardest art movie I'd ever seen, and we just kind of like walked out laughing, like, "What did we just see?" There was cum everywhere. Is that how it really works? <laughs> yes. Yes. It is. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of build up. <laughs> I also remember when Q wrote a. Uh, a, sent a love package to his best friend and it's like I'm in love with you oh. and she was like oh honey no no you're not yeah I know I was I was reaching I was reaching for that it was a last ditch effort anyway anyway um, so also I had a pretty exciting weekend so in 1776 uh, one of our actors got sick I want to hear all about this so, so I had to go on stage for him I learned the role three hours before going on stage um, wow. it was it was pretty intense uh, it was fun uh yeah, uh, hope hopefully um dear Matt uh, who played Ro- Robert Livingston does get better. Um mm-hmm. he better accept plans this weekend. I can't be in the show. <laughs> um, but uh yeah, so he had uh, he has like a stomach infection, like the mm. like bacterial nonsense. But anyway, so yeah, so ho- hopefully hopefully he feels better. And um, so yeah, I was in seventeen seventy six. Thank God we were about the same size. That was cool. Um, but also, so uh, after today's podcast, actually, I'm going to be doing some costume sketches for the three strippers and Gypsy. I'm excited. Nice. I've been, I was originally just going to do the Electra costume, but now I've been asked to do all three strippers. Because when you think of um, strippers, you think of kids. Yeah. Well, first of all, duh. Um, and then White Christmas auditions tomorrow. So. Nice. Woo! Exciting, exciting things happening. Are you going to audition awesome. for White Christmas as well? You're just gonna costume it. Oh God, no! First of all, this show is way too big to for me to be in, ah, as you. well as do costumes. It's it's way too crazy and hectic. So to you'll try wait, to do you'll both. wait for uh, for someone to get sick, and then you'll, uh, you'll oh, take yeah. over. Or I'll just dress. marbles them. Oh, I, hey, some... I also watched uh, the little documentary that your friend made about you. Oh yeah, wasn't that so cute? Yeah. Um. So yeah, my friend Kwani, she's doing a um a film class, and so as part of her thing, she has to do like day in the life kind of segments of people, and so for whatever reason, she decided to pick me. You're entertaining um, as hell. That's why. Uh, that's true. And um, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was super cute. I, I I thought she did a good job. Uh, I especially like the shout out to uh, Granny Spot Remover, which I believe I've said about the eight thousand times. <laughs> I, I specifically saw the product placement. Yeah. <laughs> the, 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 the only thing that I, I wish that she would have added was a before and after, because like there's especially this one actor. I'm not going to name names. He plays uh, Lyman Hall in the show. You and, know who uh, you are. Yeah. He he like wears a Donald Trump amount of orange. <laughs> And so, like, his collar is just covered in makeup. And so I squeeze the shit out of that granny's bottle, rub it in there, spray a little bit of shout, wash it, and it comes out 
completely white as though it had never been worn before and I'm like I really wish she would have shown that to be like it works oxy clean <laughs> um just because uh, that shit is awesome everyone should, should have seriously some. do like infomercials and you could be the spokesman spokesman for it well he was a spokesman we were uh, we were shopping for something for my wedding and some woman in front of us was like, yeah, I want to get a tattoo, but I don't want to put makeup on for my you know, costume or my uniform all the time. And he's like, oh, no, granny spot removal will take that stuff out. He's like, no, I'll just get it. Like, like, no, that, that, granny spot removal, that shit works. It'll take it out. Like, he, like, right here, like, That's right. I totally forgot I was telling that lady. Seriously, y'all, granny's spot remover. I'm going to get them to officially endorse us. <laughs> Sponsored by Granny Spot Remover. Listen, that shit works. You know what? Actually, you should call them because that would be amazing. I would totally take sponsorship money from them. It would be so amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Those randoms. I, yeah, I, that would be so great. I would love it. And we would we would endorse the hell out of that. We really would. Oh, we wrote. <laughs> we need that. We need an all call sponsor. We, oh, that we yeah. really need. Uh, yes. So yes. Hey, like, I can, we can always reach for a Sugar House Distillery. I'm totally down for that. They're by you. They're literally across the street from me. So go hit them up. Uh, cool. Uh, well, so then. Uh, so uh, so as you've heard, we have Adam. We have Q, the spokesperson for Granny Spot Remover. Uh, I'm Brian. Um, I'm in California, and uh, my wife was supposed to be joining us on the show, and. Uh, She's rescuing a dog right now uh, that happened to, you know, come nearby, and she is a very sweet and tender-hearted person. So as soon as she walked in the house, with like, I found this dog. I need to go find its owners. I'm like, okay. I'm like, I know. I'm like, you're gone. I get it. That's fine. And we also have, in the great state of Utah, we have Todd, who can be heard on the Funny Books and Firewater podcast. Um, and uh, I'm speeding through all this because we've already spent 17 minutes just wonderly talking about uh, 90s punk rock and all that stuff. Do you have anything else you'd like to add, Todd? I, um... We'll be sober this time around. <laughs> I don't know if the laughs are because of how drunk you were last time or people don't believe that you're going to be sober. <laughs> last time was a problem. <laughs> it was a bit of a problem. <laughs> well, that is the first step. <laughs> Admitting you have a problem. That one was something else. I don't, I don't call it a problem. I call it a strength. Uh, well, yeah. Yeah, you know, if you can't fix it, you make it part of the concept. But... <laughs> We're going for something different this time around. Okay, so we're going for something a little more sober. Um, great. Yeah. Well, then we will dive right into a uh, attempted sober. Uh, so this week we are doing uh, our first manga or manga, and uh, I kind of wish Jess was here. She could tell me how to properly pronounce it, so I'm sure there are those of you who actually speak Japanese properly and uh, will yell at me for that. But I'm going to say manga, I believe, is right. Um, so we're doing uh, Death Note. We're doing the first book of it. There are actually... Uh, 12 individual issues of Death Note or, uh, well not issues, but collections or you can get the black editions which is what I have, which have two of them per so it's about six of them, and then for those of you who really want to get into it, there's a 13th book uh, which has a lot of like backstory information and things like that, not necessarily required reading if you can read the whole series 
Um, but yeah, so it's there. Also, it's a, a pretty good uh, anime as well. Fairly accurate to the books. Some slight differences here and there. We can get into that as we go start discussing the book. But And Netflix is doing a live-action series next year. Oh, it's Netflix is doing the live-action series. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, mm. so well, we're topical then. Uh, look at that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so uh, we'll give you a little preview of it. We'll, uh, we'll do our lovely little pause dance. Um, while, uh, if you want to read it or, uh, you know, just want to take a little break after listening to us talk about random shit for a while. Um, and then, uh, we'll dive into the spoilerific discussion of Death Note. Uh, the basic way I can explain this book is, uh, they're Shinigami, which are, uh, death, uh, uh, demons, monsters, whatever you want to call them. And, uh, there's a one named Ryu, or Ryuk, is there a K in it? I don't remember if it's Ryuk or not. Ryuk. Um, who is bored, and so he drops his death note, which is how they kill people, into the human world, and it ends up um, coming across probably one of the smartest students um, in Tokyo uh, named Light uh, Yagami? His name is sure. Well, his name is Light. We won't say the last name because I will mess it up entirely. Um, but so... Um, so basically what the, the notebook gives is the power to, uh, if you write someone's name in the book, you have to be picturing their face. You have to have their real name. If you write it in the book, that person will die within 40 seconds of a heart attack unless you specify something else. Um, and in this book, he, he does some other attempts. So this kid basically uh, decides that he wants to become the um, god of the new world, and he is going to be the uh, judge and decider and start killing people and try to make the world a better place. Um, at the same time... Uh, International governments become aware of what's going on, and they hire, um, or not necessarily hire, but a very uh, famous and very secretive detective who only goes by the letter L, um, becomes interested in the case, and uh, it becomes a, a showdown between the two of them. So it's sort of a, a similar kind of concept between to uh, Sherlock Holmes and Moriarty, and I'm sure that com- uh, that. Uh, that uh, comparison will come up more than once during this discussion. Uh, but yeah, so it's a battle of uh, of. Uh, of Sort of good versus evil, but uh, it's it's two wits battling it out uh, through the course of this book. Um, anybody else have anything summary-wise to, that I've, I missed to try to get people interested in this? No. No? <laughs> yeah. Cool. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so that's the book, um, at least the start of it. So we're going to take our little break, we'll do our little shots dance, and uh, we will uh, we'll see you on the flip side. We'll and then this is where I edit it into what sounds. Oh, girl, today in the car I was partying like it was 2002. I was listening to Christina Aguilera stripped. God damn it, that's a good album. It was funny that I haven't heard Dirty in like a decade, and I actually. Pulled it up yeah, like three days ago and listened to it. Oh, so good. We used to go to this club and we did, like, it, was, it wasn't like even like club, was a bar that would turn into a club like one night a week and it would hold like 50 people, but we used to all go there and like dirty dance on the, on the dance floor to that song. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously. So, also, side note. So, the first time I ever went to a gay club in U- in Utah, which well, that was the first time I went to a gay club, there was a drag queen who literally looked like Christina Aguilera from Dirty. And my only experience with drag queens was like Tu Wong Fu, Priscilla Queen of the Desert. So, you know, like men who were in drag. 
And I did not know that drag queens could be that fishy. Well, that was before I even knew what fishy meant. And I, and I was like, oh my god, you look so good. He was like, thanks. And I was like, yes! Well, yeah, that was before, you know, yas was really a thing amongst the white gay community. Mm-hmm. So, anyway. for those of us uh, less knowledgeable, what, what does, like, can you define fishy a little bit more than... Just fishy is a drag queen that actually looks like a, a real woman. Gotcha. Okay. It's, so, it, um, so it, it, it's, quote, passable, but that's not really what drag queens want to do anyway. Mm-hmm. But, um... Like a fishy queen is a, a one that looks like real fish. They also say serving tuna. Oh, okay. Or ser- serving tilapia. Okay, okay. Uh, speaking of drag queen movies, you've seen Girls Will Be Girls, right? Uh, astrophysicist. <laughs> yes, yes, I have. Oh my god, I didn't. I didn't, I I went to Blockbuster and so Blockbuster. I, I no, I went to Blockbuster. Like we had it there, and uh, I didn't know what it was. I was like, "What the? Why is there this weird, manly-looking woman smoking a cigarette?" I, didn't know what it was. I was always scared to look at the back of it and see, like, what the synopsis was. So one day it was on Netflix, and I was like, "Oh, it's got <clears throat> Miss Coco in it." So I was like, "Yes, Coco Peru." Yes, and then I was like, "Oh, I have to watch this." And then I watched it. I watched it by myself and laughed my ass off. And then Eddie was at work, and the moment he got home, I'm like, you have to watch this fucking movie. Oh. As as Eric Stone's right before he was in uh way before he was in um All in the Family or not All in the Family uh Little Less Modern Binge Family. Yes, a little less binge, a little more purge. Yep. Jack abortion. Plotnik, amazing. Well, she wow. falls in love with her abortionist. Yes. <laughs> Just uh so so funny. Anyways. Anyway. <laughs> so death note. So death note. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so anyway, so we'll, we'll kind of start into spoilers, Riffic. Um, basically, my description from the beginning is essentially the first issue or two of this book. Um, you basically are introduced to Light, um, and you're introduced to Ryuk, and uh, and you get the general rules of what the Death Note is. Um, and uh, yeah, and it's sort of, I mean, it's interesting. The kid is logical enough about it to sit there and kind of think, oh, I shouldn't kill people. I actually know I should, you know, kill... Mm-hmm you know, random people that I see on television. And then, you know, of course, he has a, a sense of justice, which you later realize is because his father is a cop. You don't necessarily pick that up right away. Um, now the a fun little reveal, too, where you're like, oh, now I get it. Now it makes sense. Now I know why this kid is suddenly, you know, so uh, interested in being, uh, you know, super, uh, like, judicial about it, I guess I should say. Um, but, yeah, so, um, I, I don't know. Like, does anybody have any thoughts on that? Just kind of the... Opening in the beginning of this. Well, I've, I've got a question. There was it, it's been alluded, alluded to a lot throughout the, this first book. They keep on mentioning Ryuk had two books. Yes. So do you think <laughs> L has the other book? Uh, L does not have the other book. I can tell oh, you that. Okay. Never mind. Um, that, that was that's what my guess was because L just seemed to kind of understand. I mean, I guess it, it kind of makes sense that he wouldn't because he's kind of guessing or what's going on. But he was almost like figuring it out fast enough to the point where it felt like he knew what was going on. So, come to think of it, I mean, because I've I've read through this entire series, I've seen the entire anime, and then I've reread this book. I don't know if the second book ever comes back into play. His second book, really? Because they mentioned like three times in here. Like, I know, which is really weird. Now I'm thinking about it. Like I don't, I can't think of it coming. I mean, I'm, I might be wrong, and I kind of wish Jess was here, um, but I don't remember that coming back to play. There is, there does, there is a, another death note that comes into play in the book later in the series not in the book we're reading today but later in the series another death note does come into play at a certain point in time um but it 
but yeah, but it, but it's it belongs to a different Shinigami um, who is involved with that. So that that is interesting because yeah, you're right because they do mention it multiple times in the anime. They only mention it I think like the the once in the first issue. You know, they're like, oh, didn't you have another book? And he just doesn't talk about it as if he's lost again. So I don't know. Um, yeah, that is an interesting point. But yeah, no, but L does not have the other. I can tell you that much without spoiling the story. Um, L does not have the other book. Um, and even for a while in the story, uh, L does not even know about the Shinigami or that kind of stuff. He's, you know, kind of making wild guesses. At, at a certain point in time, um, Light later in the book starts kind of messing with L and leaving, having prisoners. Well, we can kind of get into it. Mm-hmm. So as the book goes on, um, without being too, you know, tied to each issue. Um, Light, uh, so Light becomes aware that L is trying to hunt him down, and part of the way that he becomes aware of that is that uh, L sort of sets up uh, a broadcast, making him believe that it's a, you know, a, na- a worldwide blog- broadcast, but it's actually just localized to a certain re- region of Tokyo where he believes that uh, the, uh, Kira, which is what they 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 come to know. Um, uh, Light as um, you know, they, they they think of him as they call him Kira, which is sort of like um, the American word killer, um, but uh, which is kind of it's it almost seems racist to a slightly weird way, but that's the way. Oh, yeah, Kira, Kira. Um, <laughs> but uh, so they so that's what you know he becomes known as to people who don't know who he is, who is everyone except for himself. Uh, so they know that he is. They, they believe he's located in Tokyo, um, and so that's why they. Um, they start, you know, basically they, they put up someone claiming it to be L, show his picture, show his name, um, and they and then Light, of course, kills him because it's like Light, or because L would be the only obstacle he has, and that proves that uh, he can kill without um, being actually in contact with any person. Um, and so it, a lot of this is, is, is L trying to discover how um, Light is able to kill people, and then at a certain point in time, Light starts experimenting with what other control he has before people die. Like, he starts having prisoners draw a pentagram on the wall before they die, um, and things like that. So, the thing that does come into play later in the book is, is that you can't make someone do something they weren't necessarily inclined to do. So, if, um, say, someone was um, a. Uh, like a, a terrified of snakes, you couldn't have them die by jumping into a snake pit and being poisoned because they would never go near that in their real life kind of thing. So you can't necessarily force someone to act against the way they would. So that's why they end up having a lot of heart attacks and things like that, things like that as well. But so yeah, there, there becomes a point where they're trying to control how much people can do. And then at the end of the book, he uh, ends up, uh, he, well, he also becomes aware that all of the members of the Tokyo police force, their families are being investigated um, at the end of this book. And so um, Light is now being followed, and he uses the, uh, the book to uh, kind of set up a situation where he figures out that the person following him is FBI. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much almost the entire first book. Oh, and then, and then he ends up basically killing the guy who is uh, hijacking the bus, which is part of his means for... Uh, for figuring that all out, but that basically is this whole first book now that I've just plowed all the way through that real fast. So, I, I really like this, especially the very <coughs> last issue where he's trying to figure out who the guy who is uh, tailing him is, and the way he the events play out because of the way he wrote it in the book, it reminded me a lot of Final Destination, where it was a very like intricate and involved way that 
it, you kind of like set fate in motion. Like he mentions, like, oh, the guy over there, he'll you know be scared out of his mind by a demon, and blah blah this and that. Mm-hmm. And you find out that oh, it's because he dropped the paper that yeah. was from the Death Note, and the guy picked it up, and that's how he can see Ryuk. And <clears throat> it was really cool how all this this really fun scene played out and then at the end you're like oh and then you just saw what he wrote in the journal and how it came to life i thought that was really really fun um and really smart writing well and that's how most of the book is to be honest with you like as the series continues it's a lot of that cat and mouse and these these complicated methods and and there's certain points in time like i felt like in this book and i don't know if you felt the same way where you're kind of like wait how is how is he going to do this or how is this supposed to pay off and then it pays off in a logical way you're like oh that completely makes sense as to you know when you're seeing the pieces individually, it doesn't make sense. But then when you see the whole thing play out, you're like, oh, okay, I get that. Yeah, and then he said the ground rules. Wasn't it also, um, like, people won't reveal things they don't know? Because it wasn't one of the criminals. Didn't he say, and as he dies, he blurts out who L really is. Uh-huh. And then the person didn't do it because they obviously didn't know. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's cool. You've got this really fun universe, but they're setting up these rules. And my biggest, biggest thing with any kind of, I guess you almost call it like a horror novel. I mean, it's, it's kind of scary yeah. and kind of creepy. And especially with horror movies, it's like when they set the rules up and they break them. Like that's like do whatever rules you want for your universe, but you gotta stay stay with those things, or else you're just gonna fall out and not gonna care anymore. So I love that they actually explain everything through in a really logical and I guess realistic way. But also because part of the, I mean part of this book is that puzzle. There's a lot of puzzle play of figuring out how these pieces work together. I mean even just through the entire series. Um, and that's, I mean, that kind of has to do it too, because like it's the same thing. Like if the, the puzzle pieces don't fit, you can't suddenly just you know make a puzzle piece out of nothing and say, oh no, this this works now. Um, and I think this book's pretty good at uh, at doing all that. Um, out of curiosity, since I mean, how many people, uh, how many of you guys have read a manga before? No. <laughs> this is my first one. Yeah, my first one. I've read uh, Cowboy Bebop and Helsing, but that was about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did anybody have a hard time reading backwards? For like 20 no. seconds, and then I got yeah, it. yeah. But it took you like about a minute, and I was I was good. Yeah, it's it, I've, I've kind of noticed that like it, it's a little intimidating at first, and all of a sudden you're like, oh okay, that's, that's, that's how it goes. I mean, I, it 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 took me the first page to realize that I still needed, even though I knew to like start the book quote backwards. Yeah. Of course, the house phone never rings, and I swear <laughs> to God, but I'm on the thing. It's like it rings all the freaking time. Um. The um, it took it took me a minute to realize that the page also goes backwards, so mm-hmm. you have to start at the the left of the page and read, or the right to the whichever. But it, 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 it wasn't that complicated. Um, my best friend is Jewish. I usually celebrate high holy days with her family, so we read a lot of stuff. So it's, you read a lot of the Torah backwards. Well, not the tour, but like you know, we do the Haggadah for Passover, and mm-hmm. you know, you just follow along with the stuff. But okay. anyway, and see, this actually, I've I've flipped through a lot of mangas or mangas, however you want to say it. And when I was doing Loot Crate for a while there, they actually I got the first Attack on Titan, mm-hmm. but I was always so intimidated. I thought, oh, it's gonna be way too hard to go backwards, and it's not. I mean, so if you've never picked one up. This is a really good one to start out with because it's laid out very logically. I mean, the, the panels flow in a normal way, so it's not like it's you're trying to figure out where the story goes next. And even if you do accidentally read the wrong panel first, you can you know where to go from there. So it's, can you imagine trying to do a me, Bendis backwards? Oh God, <laughs> that would be a bit too much for me. Yeah, 
Well, cool. Uh, I mean, I've kind of covered everything. I mean, people have some thoughts, some stuff they want to jump in on, or so. My so this is this is my first this is my first manga. Um, I have watched a couple of um, anime movies. Um, I know I watched Cowboy Bebop with Brian. Yeah, I and um, obviously I've seen Akira because if you haven't seen Akira, then get out. <laughs> um, uh, uh, one of my roommates in college had a very large collection, so I watched a bunch of stuff. I think there was like a Vampire Hunter D was one that I watched. Um, I don't remember the name of it, but I, there was one we watched when we were really little, um, and they were like giant, like um, worm things that lived in the sand. But it wasn't, it, but it wasn't Dune. It wasn't really like Dune. But I remember there being like child warriors in it or something. No, not wizards. I have okay. wizards. Um, I, I wouldn't classify that as a as an anime. Um, anyway, um, my biggest issue with sort of manga anime is that it feels like it's sometimes written by children. <laughs> if that makes any sense, where where it's like, oh well, of of course this makes sense because it it it, it just does, and I'm like, but okay. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, it, it, it's. I, I, w- I wasn't a huge fan, um, and it, it, I, I'm trying. I'm trying to explain my thought process, and <laughs> I don't think it's really coming across. Like the like the whole scene with um, Interpol. Uh-huh. Like it, like it, it just sort of felt like a child's view of what they think a giant international police force organization would be like, <laughs> instead of like, I don't know. I can see your point. Like it would fit right in with Inspector Gadget, quite nice. Yeah, where, where, where it's like here's this ominous group of men, and they're saying loud noises. Um, I, it was it was interesting. Like. I, I, also, um, like, kind of like the weird slice of life part of it, where it's like just total typical teenager, like, hey, I'm just hanging out, killing people, by writing it in the notebook. <laughs> that's like, what that's I do. Cool. I don't know what you're talking about. I think that's just um, normal for me. But but then, but then there's like this this demon guy, and I'm and I'm just kind of like, so so what does this guy do? Like, he just floats around following this kid. Like, I yeah. don't know. It was because well, we're we're there for his amusement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. It, it, it was de- definitely not my thing. I, if we ch- if we do do another manga, obviously I'm down. I'm down to read whatever. Um, this one just wasn't the favorite. Um, I guess I'll throw in my cocktail since we kind of already plowed through the story. <laughs> well, it's like I just started talking about it all of a sudden. It's like, well, yeah, this, this is, is basically what happens. But at the same time, like, I think that's kind of the point. Like, there's no, like, major, like, plot point, like, things, which makes me feel like, once again, it was written by a child. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a really, it's a really fast read, too. You know, I, I sat down today and reread it in half an hour. Maybe not a child, because I don't want to seem insulting, but it's very simplified. Like, there's not a whole lot of complications. It's very straightforward. Um, but anyway, so my cocktail, I've renamed it the Death Note, and it is a black cocktail, which got me very intrigued. Um, so it's based on the death in the afternoon, which we've done before. So it's vanilla-infused absinthe, fresh pineapple juice, fresh lemon juice, squid ink, and topped with moe and chandon champagne. 
Once again, the squid ink, I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> that's kind of crazy. Um, and I also feel like that's a little Asian-inspired. I don't think Western, or Western people would really be down for that. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that's that's my opinion. Okay. Cool. I do like squid ink pasta, by the way. That's pr- I was just going to go into that. Yeah, there's squid ink mm-hmm. pasta. And I had some... I was at the rest room that bar in Salt Lake, and they had a squid egg scallops. It was amazing. Ooh. Yeah, that was good. All right, cool, Q. I'm going to talk now. So, <laughs> <laughs> One thing I will say a little bit with this artwork, I really enjoy this uh, Shinigami of Ryuk. He kind of looks like a cross between um, the Joker, Gene Simmons, dressing up for a Mad Max cosplay party. A good description. It's a really good description, actually. So yeah. So looking at him, so he's there, and with a little bit of that, but so he's cool. And then everything else is just drawn really much slice of life, and the overly attention detail to the guy's hair is something else. And then you have the character of L, which looks like is is this where Carmen San Diego is hiding? But the artwork's good, and it was fun. But yeah, you watch this uh, demon just floating around the main character of Light. And he's just, I'm here to kill some time. Let's see what you do. Oh, that's interesting. What else are you going to come up with? And you've got this main character. Again, he's the smartest kid in Japan, and he knows it, and the family's very proud, and he's got to keep that up, of course. But a bit with Q, it is a very fast read. It is a bit simplistic in the storytelling. It kind of makes me curious with this being written. It's... Was Japan the original appeal, or was it written with the rest of the world in mind? Just has me as a thought process, because if they get too specific with Japanese culture in some way, some people really get into that, and others get really turned off by that. So is it going for a bigger appeal to become more simplistic, like our movies are? Well, I don't know if that's necessarily the case, because I don't know if there's enough of a a broad audience for it to, to make it that case. Um, I've just, in, in the, the manga that I've read, mm-hmm. a lot of it does kind of have, I, I think just the way it's written, I think it's it's a longer burn story, and so individually the pieces are more simple, and then they play out over the long, longer haul of things. All right. And I think that's kind of what it, because I do feel like the story does get fairly complicated and intricate, but I, I, I'm, having just read just the first book, I feel like it doesn't necessarily highlights some of the beauty of the overall story because you are just kind of getting like a small little section of it it's, it's like watching the first half hour of the hour-long pilot of a tv show you know what i mean like it do- it kind of sets you up it doesn't necessarily get you much past that unfortunately sure you know the other thing and i have only read this first trade i haven't read anything else my brother kid was way into this a couple of years ago so these were floating around my house but you've got the main character of light and then the, his nemesis adversary is by the letter L. So you've got Light and you have L, and it makes you wonder if they're related in some way. Is it his twin brother? Is it his father? Is it something else? It just makes me that seems rather convenient, and the possibility. You're, you're putting are there. too much of an American spin on it, actually. Really? All right. Yeah, you really are. <laughs> it seems a little too on the nose if that is the case. It is not. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, well, and it's interesting too because, like you know, Q mentioned it being kind of more like you know a basically told story, and the one thing that kind of stuck in my head as I was reading through it, and especially once I finished mm-hmm. it, is L is this you know this mastermind, uh, like you know tracking out criminals and finding out where they are, 
So why in the hell, when he put on his little charade and Light killed the wrong guy, he's like, oh, I didn't expect that would happen. This was all a charade and ha ha ha, and look what I did. And like, why the fuck would you even say that? Just shut your fucking mouth because <laughs> now the kid knows you're onto him. So right. that's, that whole like four page little thing was like, that's really stupid. Well, and but, the, the character of L as it kind of comes out throughout the course of it is pretty juvenile overall, which is actually one of the only weird beefs I have with the anime is I felt like I always felt the character was was pretty like young and almost like it, it, he does a lot of weird things with like puzzles and things like that. And you kind of get to know the character a lot better as the, as the story goes on. Uh, but like in the anime, he has a much deeper voice, and for some reason that really bothered me. That I was I was kind of I pictured him as being sort of younger um, and and ha- well having a, like more, sort of a more younger stance to it. Um, His real voice is a bit weird. Yeah, something like that. You know what I mean? Like it was just it was kind of interesting. But yeah, it's it is interesting because. It almost is sort of like a, a beautiful mind sort of situation where, like, he's very childlike but really good at puzzles kind of thing. Hmm. Um, and so, uh, like, the character, like, and, and then at a certain point in time, there are other detectives who come into play who are similar. I should, I should say it that way, who have um, that more younger sort of thought process. So, Elle is not the only character and only detective who has that sort of trait, which I thought was kind of an interesting thing. It was uh, like they're, they're juvenile, but they are brilliant you know which is kind of interesting sure. all right well that brings me to my drink um it's a variation it's called the bulldog and i was thinking kind of like you have light and you have l and they're very much intent on finding their way so the bulldog gets one part vodka one part kalua one part heavy cream and you um, shake that in ice dump it out into a glass filled with ice and you add coca-cola to it so it's kind of like a uh, adult version of chocolate milk it's sweet, tangy, and awesome. So, have you have you had adult chocolate milk? I'm not. Sh- there, what there's is an adult actual... chocolate milk. No, I mean you can buy a drink like a pre-mixed drink called adult chocolate milk. Oh um, no, never heard of it. Maybe not in Utah, but you can in California. You can buy it. Um, maybe where Q's at, you can buy it. But uh, it's okay. Like it's it's it basically tastes like um, uh, chocolate milk with vodka in it. Is mm. basically what it tastes like. Yeah, so yeah, this is, yeah, it's Kahlua cream. I put in heavy cream in mine because I'll take the calories. My wife <laughs> says I'm pretty no matter what. Um, good for you. <laughs> calories, calories. <laughs> Moment on the lips, a lifetime on the hips. That's right. And then with the Coca-Cola, it, it kind of makes it fr- a little bit frothy with it. So, no, it's fun. So, yeah, the Bulldog. We've done more just reviews of this book than actually discussing of it. I know. But like you said, it's like the, it's a pretty basic story. I think the yeah. most interesting part was the last issue where he really pushed the limits of the Death Note and you know shows that you can do more than just give someone like a cardiac arrest and kill them that mm-hmm. way. So yeah, um, that actually brings me to my drink because it's actually called the cardiac arrest. Um, look at me, fancy. <laughs> um, segway, segway, so segway. This is kind of like a mix between like a redheaded slut and a Red Bull and vodka. Um, because you literally mix all that together to get it. So you do it in a wine glass. You do uh, one ounce of Jaeger, one ounce of vodka, one ounce of cranberry juice, uh, and two ounces of Red Bull. And then you stir it up and serve it over ice. Hmm. And that will eventually kill you because it's like the whole downer and upper thing. Awesome. That's <laughs> how the king died. Uh, oh, Elvis? He was on a bunch of uh, downers, and when he went to... He took- Went to go take a shit, and when he took a take a shit, he grunted, which stopped his heart because he was already filled with downers. Gotcha. So the king died on the throne. Gotcha. Uh, Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, 
Well, then, since everyone else seems to be jumping in with their cocktail now, I will do mine. Mine, I sort of... It's an actually old drink, but it, I don't know. It seemed appropriate, but it's not appropriate. It's not really desperately tied. Um, it's an old drink from the 1930s era called uh, Satan's Whiskers, actually. Mm. Um, and it is uh, a half ounce of gin, a half ounce of sweet vermouth, a half ounce of dry vermouth, a quarter ounce of Grand Marnier or orange caracao, and a half ounce of fresh orange juice and three dashes of orange bitters. And you just shake that all up and you garnish it with an orange peel. Um, but uh, I was hoping to make that, but uh, we had a dog infiltrate our house, um, which we talked about it earlier. Um, uh, my wife found a dog, and the dog's name is Hank, and we have found his owner, and the owner is coming back. So uh. in case you're concerned, the dog will not be here, which is kind of Yay. a bummer. I know, but it's a good dog. Was it a cow dog? A cow dog was a cow dog. Oh. Well, this growing up, there was a series of books. Here's my text is coming out called Hank the Cow Dog. Okay. A, yeah, a whole series of books. It's like the cow dog just took care of the farm and the ranch out in Amarillo, Panhandle country. Well, and you know you're from Texas when you say Amarillo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that comes out sometimes. That's funny. So, yeah, Hank the cow dog. So that's always there in my mind. I hear Hank or the dog. I'm like, Hank the cow dog? Okay, so philosophically, we'll just take this in. Okay. Uh, philosophically... If the Death Note were to really exist and a person were to use it, would they in fact be a murderer? Because that is that is the argument he sort of fights with with himself for about five seconds and then says, ah, well, what does it really matter? Um, so, and how do you prosecute someone for writing someone's name down? Like, it would be the other question, I guess. But does anybody have any thoughts on that? Well, the answer is yes, and it's intent. <laughs> okay. Is I mean, yeah, you're you're still... <laughs> Intending to kill someone by writing And it's fairly specific that you are writing that person's name while thinking of their face. So, okay. Yes, it is murder. It is killing. He may think I am doing good by getting rid of all these criminals, or as he views it. He really looks like, he, he reminds me more of Dexter than anything else and the way his actions okay. and everything going on. He may think he's doing good, but it doesn't change the fact he's a killer. Okay. Well, and there's the fact too that he was—he killed someone who he thought was mm-hmm. L just to protect himself. And at that point, you have fully crossed over from a vigilante to a murderer because yeah. you were trying to murder basically a police officer. Yeah. And I feel like the, if this was an American author, that would have been a bigger point. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and this—I I don't know if it's, if it's a cultural thing or what—but I feel like if this had been an American comic book, that point in time where he stops killing just criminals and starts attempting to kill the people who are in his way from getting what he wants. I think that would be a bigger plot point. Where yeah, I, And of course, the, the big thing too is, you know, could you prosecute them? Like, uh, Well, no, it's about reproducing. What are you going to do? Like, you, it, wrote someone's, you wrote someone's name down in a book and that's how, and they die? Like, you can't prove that. Well, if you can reproduce it. Yeah, there is that. There, and that, that does come into play in the story uh, mm-hmm. overall. Um, yeah, there's... But then how, but then how you, can't, you can't use that as evidence though because you're committing a crime yourself to, for evidence. Well, but the thing is, is if you are the police mm-hmm. and someone's going to be executed anyway, and you use that book to do the execution, how is that different than lethal injection at that point in time? Sure, and you've got the book, and as it lines up, it becomes, um, you're trying to remove reasonable doubt. Yeah. It's not irrevocable evidence, it's just you're just trying to remove reasonable doubt, and if you've got this death note... And you've got this book filled with all of this, especially when it dictates the time and how. 
and mm-hmm. then that's reproduced. And you, if you can find others in there that they didn't know about beforehand and can confirm that as well, I, I convict them. <clears throat> then I would just say that, oh, like my dad's a cop and I'm trying to be like a cop and mm-hmm. I wrote down the notes. And actually, they bring it up in the book. Like, I wrote down the notes just because I'm trying to study the case. Yeah. Right, that's where the other ones that people are not aware of is it comes into play. So how do you, how did, why did you write down notes about a case that wasn't part of the case, and yeah. that sort of thing? So, yeah. Yeah, I don't, know, I just, I don't think it would, I don't think you'd stand a chance of convicting someone in a court of law. <laughs> well, once well, again, I, which court? I, I think the other issue comes into play. How do you, how do you arrest someone who can kill you by writing your name down in a notebook? Cut off their hands. <laughs> I mean, how do you catch a moonbeam in your hand? <laughs> I mean, why are there so many songs about rainbows? I mean... Well, no, I think you would you would do the same thing that they did in Preacher, like where, uh, wasn't there a saying, I don't know if it was in the trade we read, but where they, he puts a gun up like Tulip's head and someone in the back guy does and says, say one word and I'll blow her head off. Uh-huh. So you'd do it where you'd have to threaten someone in who he cares about or someone he mm-hmm. loves. So you wouldn't have a chance to write your name down in the death. Sure. Of course, all of this isn't real. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's interesting conversations. Yeah. It's the who would win in a fight, Batman I mean, versus Superman. Well, I mean, if, if we're gonna go there, whose name are you gonna write in the Death Note, Brian? Me personally? Yeah. Who are you? Who are you writing in there? If I was so inclined, I don't necessarily think I would go far off of what he does. I don't. I think I, I would probably kill criminals. You know what I mean? That you know had been proven to have done the crime. I mean. I, Although I, I think our government is a little fucked up, I do think that the the, the legal process does still have some revel- relevance. And so, if I think if I feel like someone was convicted of a crime, but perhaps the punishment wasn't necessarily worthy of it, I would see little problem to writing their name down in the book. Um, which I mean is not like a, a fun like oh I would totally kill Justin Bieber, which you know that might not necessarily be a bad idea either. But uh, but he had to have a really long and convoluted death. Oh yeah, no, for sure. I mean, he's, he's doing that himself, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, like I, you know, I don't know. Well, on, on the other, on the flip side, I mean, I, I'm curious. Is, does it, well, before I get to that, does anybody else have any uh, anybody who they would write down? Yeah, I would. I would find all the heads of ISIS. Oh, that's not a bad one. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. You'd have to find pictures and names. Yeah, but I mean that information is available. You know, I mean, well, I mean, I don't know if necessarily it's available, but um, well, they have their own damn magazine. Well, I guess that's true. And, they do. You know, <laughs> They're not trying to hide who they are. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, that's a valid point. Now, okay, so the other, there, I guess there's two other questions I have. Well, what about Q and oh, Todd? Yeah, sorry. Who would you write in there? Uh, I don't know. You can't ask the question. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know. I mean, it, it, it definitely. To be honest, I, I mean, obviously, you know, like the hateful bitch in me is like, kill everyone. You've been convicted of assholeism. Um, <laughs> the freeways would be suddenly clear, like, you can't drive. You're dead. Um, you I mean, gift only a mother gives. I mean, I, like I, I, I want to say like, oh yeah, write all these terrible people in, but also, I mean, I have a very guilty conscience. I don't think that I'd be able to do it. So, yeah, but, but but and for sake of you know, if we could get it, you know, get away with it, and it's, I, I mean, I, I'd probably find somebody that 
it, like for example, I'm I'm I actually do believe in the death penalty. Um, I have watched uh, several documentaries, and there's um, one guy who so he committed murder. He went to jail. He was in solitary confinement, and he had uh, he 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 was uh, on good, for good behavior. He was given a cellmate. Within six months, he'd murdered his cellmate. Went back to solitary confinement. They decided, hey, you've murdered two people, one of which is your cellmate, but you've been really good for about a year and a half. Here is another cellmate. He murdered that one too. First, first of all. Terrible idea. <laughs> Second of all, this guy obviously wants to do nothing but kill people. He should have been put to death a long time ago. Like though, like I think that's kind of where I would go with with it because, like, obviously this guy has he does not want to go back into the society unless it's to kill people. Um, you know, he's obviously not learning or rehabilitating or whatever. That's, you know, also the, our justice system does not want to do that either. Um, no, they're going to make money. Yeah. So, I, I, I mean, but I, I think that's that's where I, I would go. I'd find, like, those guys who are, it's just like, yeah, so I went to prison for killing somebody and I just continue to kill people. It's like potato chips, yeah. you know? Yeah, but, 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 like, seriously... The, t- the fact that he killed his second cellmate, I'm like, y'all, that's on you. Someone should be suing, like, that prison. It's like, well, he killed his cellmate, but that was a year and a half ago. We think he's better now. Really no. Mean I can change him. I can change him. <laughs> I, I can change him. I can change. Him. I can change. <laughs> oh, no, he's be a sandy little butthole. <laughs> All right, Todd. All right, well, Q, I'm going to disagree with you here. Says the guy that has a bunch of guns. Um, I don't believe in the death penalty. Uh, I'm all about sentencing them to hard labor. Give them a little hammer and let them crack a boulder into dust over time. But... When it comes down to it, though, the challenges, I mean, I think it was even John Adams that said it's better a hundred people go free than convict one wrong man, is if we choose to put to death and we're wrong on one, we're wrong. So their life doesn't need to be good. Their life doesn't need to be pleasant. Put them in hard labor and let them do pointless exercises all day long. And if we're wrong, we'll release them and write them a check and say that's so sorry about that. But if we kill them and we find out actually you guys had that wrong, then that's on us. And so, no, I'm against the death penalty. I'm a big believer in hard labor without parole. That's fine. But no death penalty. But you still have to write someone's name in the book. No, I don't. Nah, I'd put <laughs> Ryuk's name. I'd put his name in the book. But you can't kill a demon. Yeah, it says so in the book that you can't kill a Shinigami with the death note. Oh. They don't die. Well, that's annoying. <laughs> so, no, I wouldn't write anyone's name in the book. Was my stance. Well, you're no fun. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> I mean, but yeah. So, I mean, says the guy here, I have a shotgun and four nine millimeters to my name. But, nope. Well, and there's also, <clears throat> I mean, not just, sure. not just bad people, but let's say, you know, you've got people who, um are, let's say they're diagnosed with terminal cancer and they've got six months to live and they can, you know, they, we have the, the whole death with dignity argument, which I'm not going to go into for or against, but that would be an easy way just to be like, hey, they're going to fall, they're going to, you know, they're going to die in their sleep. 
then let that person write their own name. Well, no, I'm just, I'm not saying for or against that. I'm just saying that's, that's a use. Like, we're kind of going with the whole, like, oh, criminals or the Taliban or ISIS. But there could be, you know, beneficial things to it as well. There could be an interesting sequel to this book of, like, a... Uh... Like a Florence Nightingale kind of thing, like a or a dark Florence Nightingale, like someone who puts together sick people. That, that would be kind of interesting, actually. Okay, O.J. Simpson. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah, there you go. Okay. So. Well, now after off Todd's serious uh, <laughs> conversation, I forgot my other uh, my other questions. What was my other question? I want to know what kind of lipstick that Ryu uses, because that thing's amazing. His face makeup I, is I think Ryuk should be like the the lead singer of like a glam band. I, I really do. He he looks absolutely fantastic. I mean, based on the art in this book, I would say black. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Kim. He wears red, actually. Uh, girl, it ain't red. I saw I saw this book. I read this book. It's black. It's black no, and white. Anime, it's red. We're not an anime <laughs> podcast, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> This is a comic book podcast. It's not comic books. It's comic books in black and white. So, Kiddo, going back and forth on this, you weren't the biggest fan of this one. And no. you, didn't, you weren't the biggest fan of DMZ either. No. Which um, would you rather read less of? Uh... <laughs> Why not both? Where, 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 where's, where's my meme of the little Mexican girl? Why not both? Why not both? <laughs> Why not both? Um, uh, well, next I'll probably, some I'll probably read less story. of this. Uh, at least DMZ, I felt, I felt had more of a message to say. Um, it was very topical and political. Where this, eh. what I mean, like th- this would be. I mean, I, I guess I could also watch the anime and maybe I'll change my mind um, about about it. Um, but I would probably, like, lose interest. In the- See, I, I liked it overall, but the one thing I'll say is I think they created a really cool universe and I would like to see someone take it and expand upon it. Kind of like how the Purge movies have all sucked, but I like the idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's a really cool... Um, and actually, it's, it's kind of funny because Chuck Palahniuk has a book called Lullaby, which is almost the same thing. It's where there's this um, a lullaby is a spell that uh, eight people in Africa would use, like during famine, to put to painlessly um, kill like children or old people, people who would suffer. And the whole point is that this guy learns this spell, and it he accidentally kills someone, then he kills another person, another person. And it gets to the point where we really can't control it. Like, he'll just, someone will piss him off, and he'll just think it really fast, and they'll die. So, and actually, they are making, I believe they're making a movie out of it. They did a Kickstarter for it. Um, but again, very rem- reminiscent, and it's told in a better manner. Like, a little bit different than writing someone's name in a book. Um, but I'm really, really interested to see what Netflix does with it, because they pretty much knocked all their shows out of the park. So, uh, I think that might give it the treatment that would make me... Because I, I do want to read more, and I want to find out what happens, because I'm intrigued. I'm not going to go out and like buy them right now just to tear through them, but down the road I do want to know what happens. But I, I would like to see it in a different medium and see things kind of more fleshed out and see what happens. I mean, an- another thing, like they, they've made, once again, they made Ryuk at least interesting to look at. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've, cr- like, there's this whole other realm of these death gods, and they're so boring. Like, it's just <laughs> not, it's like not, like, interesting. I, I mean, 
that's why they have us because we're excited. <laughs> well, yeah. So I'm like, I'm like, then where's the other ones that find out what he's doing to like fuck with more people? Be like, oh, he's having fun. Well, then shit. Let's uh, you know start fucking with some more people. And I mean, what? I mean, I get it. This is like volume one. There's what 13 more of these or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's you know, and, and that and that essentially does happen to a certain extent. Okay. Good. I hope it happens sooner <laughs> rather than later. And I, I do like the fact that, you know, you're you're a death demon and you've got this book that can kill anyone but read their name in it. And, oh, where'd my book go? Guess I dropped it on Earth. Yeah, yeah, uh, go uh, get it. I guess it dropped it somewhere. Or or like he's saying that like they make fun of him. It's like, oh, you're writing someone's name down? Oh, you're just working so hard. Yeah. <laughs> you're working so, so hard. Yeah. I, I just thought that was funny that it was like, you've got this probably the most powerful thing in the universe and you don't you misplace it and you don't really care. <laughs> well, that's because he's the second one that he doesn't care about. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I think it also, the, the, the thing in that is trying to capture the idea of both Light and Ryuk are bored with their existences and want to do something different. You know what I mean? Like, they're looking for something to make their lives <laughs> more interesting. I'm bored. I'm going to kill people and take over the world and make a utopia. That's my plan. When I'm going through this quickly, though, it looks like um, Ryuk's pants are way too tight because he's like permanently in a like a one quarter crouch from standing straight up. So it's like (laughs) those pants are three sizes too small, so he can't actually crouch or bend over. Just like his heart. So. I always just felt like he was just too tall to fit in most human buildings. So, but he's just well, standing there, and he's just like at this quarter crouch, and you're just like, you all right, dude? <laughs> yeah, I'm just fine. Well, I mean, the collar of it is like literally stapled into his neck, right. so I'm sure it's pretty tight. This yeah. would be a pretty cool like gothic drag outfit, though, I will say. I mean, I'm sure Brandon Flowers has this outfit. He probably does. <laughs> Dude, I wish someone would cosplay as him at Comic-Con. I've never seen anyone do this cosplay before. I'm sure it's out there. I mean, it's got to be, but that'd be a really fun uh, cosplay. Type, 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 type. There it goes. But now we'll look for this. Yep. There's... Oh, some of these aren't terrible. Oh, my goodness. Here's <laughs> the, I just found one that's, like, real, real. Oh, my word. It, it looks like it's Mexican. Because it's, it's... Anyway, it... Oh, here's a Snow White one. Here, I'll send that one over. It's real creepy. <laughs> so, is there, is there like a, the Snow White Ryuk is actually pretty amazing. I mean, is there a thing about him eating apples in this? I don't remember. Yes, him there eating is. Apples. I don't know if they talk about it in this first book, but he loves apples. Like, because okay, like I'm like, I see a lot of people holding apples. Well, this is just creepy. Yeah. Oh my gosh, there's one that's literally just a giant papier mache head <laughs> on somebody. It's like, oh, this is this one's gonna blow up, doll. No. <laughs> I love how this is now. I was just looking on the internet for Ryuk. Yes, oh, you're all welcome, America. You're listening to us just looking at photos. Looking at photos. How you doing, girl? Oh, yeah, we'll have to do All right. Okay. Well done. Oh, does anybody oh, else have a th- thing they want I, I, to add? I, I, I did find reviews. a really cool one of a kid also dressed up as Light who has, like, the full Justin Bieber hair in his face, <laughs> which is pretty good. Like, this photo looks pretty good. Good for them. I like that this one. It says Ryuk cosplay, and it's a shirtless <laughs> old dude with titties. Oh. Well, that's... It didn't say it was good. He's I'm all over him. It's weird. Look. Now I'm afraid to press. Anybody want to put in final reviews, or is uh, everyone's state spoke their piece? I like it. I want to see see more and see what happens. I'm not going to rush out and get it, um, but I will say that I'm glad that I popped my manga cherry because now I'll be 
more likely to go out and read some than I would have just a couple days ago. Yeah. I mean, and it, and it is fun. I, I I hadn't read, until Jess recommended this to me, I hadn't read a lot of uh, manga bef- like since college. Like, I read some then, um, and then I, I kind of didn't read for a while. Actually, I probably started reading manga before I actually read real comic books, to be honest with you. Um, I remember Initial D floating around. Yeah, I read that a couple times. I also read one called GTO, which is kind of about, it's called Great Teacher Onizuka, which is sort of about this pervy, dirty... Uh, school teacher who's also a really good school teacher it was kind of odd but interesting gotta love the Japanese yeah yeah I remember there being a lot of like drawings of girls panties it was interesting anyway <laughs> uh, but yeah no but like Jess is the one who I mean she she kept recommending this to me and recommended this to me and finally I, I read it and then fell in love with it um, and yeah ended up having to go out and buy it in fact she already had her copies but I'm enough of a nerd and completionist I had to buy my own set um, which she rightfully <laughs> harassed me relentlessly for, and that's fine. Um, so I, I have, she has hers and in individual issues, and I have my whole collection as the uh, the black issues, which are the uh, the, the double edition. But uh, I do I do like this book. I do recommend it. Um, if uh, you know, and it also if you're, I mean, I, I recommend reading it. But uh, if you're, you know, more inclined to watch the anime, I think the anime is a pretty good representation of the book. Um, if you do watch the full anime, the endings are the same but the book has a little more detail as to what happens to certain key characters and not so key characters in the book so um it's definitely worth the read there um but yeah it's overall i like it um so i think we're like 50 50 on this one but uh uh todd or q do you got anything you want to say about it you know i enjoyed it um i went through it quickly it's um it's definitely uh ya kind of material there's nothing against that but it is. It does seem it would go well next to Twilight and <laughs> Divergent. I I could kind of see the connection there. So I mean, it's just the um, kind of the vibe. Um, it's better than Twilight and Divergent. But I, I will agree with that. That's kind of the vibe I'm getting from it. And um, I'm not against reading more. I mean, it was a quick read, and it was. And once again, this was setting things up, but there wasn't any uh forward motion for this first trade so yeah so it might be something i'd have to like slog through before really getting my teeth into it yeah. and that might be part of the benefit i have from having the the, the black editions where i'm reading two books at a time um i mm. plow through a bit more at that point in time q do you got any uh, any final thoughts or are you good nah, i'm good <laughs> okay so next week we are reading the X-Men versus Avengers, but from 87. So, uh, you know, don't go read the most recent one. Uh, it's a recommendation from Q. Q, do you want to give a little uh, preview of those? Um, yeah. So this was written at a time when, um, Magneto was a part of the X-Men and the Avengers are trying to bring him in on, um, some some oh crap now now it's been it's been so long since I've read it now I can't remember um I can't, I can't remember if there there are um this leads into the trial of Magneto um which is um they're trying to bring him in on his former crimes as as a terrorist um even though he says that he's a good guy now um uh, the reason I recommended the book is because uh I wanted to get a few more um non-mainstream characters so even though it is X-Men and Avengers it's from 1987 where there's characters like Havoc and Dazzler on the X-Men and then there's She-Hulk, Doctor Druid um and the second Captain Marvel 
um, on on the Avenger side, and just a, a different flavor of uh, of some some well known teams. All right. So yeah, so we're we'll be reading that next week. Uh, yeah. So if you do try to look up. Um, or try to find uh, X-Men vs. Avengers. There are some newer versions of it. There's something written by Ryan Michael Mendes, and I think you know some by uh, Jason Aaron as well, who are both current writing authors. Uh, I need to look who Roger Stern. The, Roger Stern is, wrote the version we are looking for. Yeah, it's a um, four-issue miniseries in, from 1987. 1987. So, <laughs> yeah, it's like eight bucks on Comicsology. Yep. So, and there's also a collection with uh, X-Men versus the Fantastic Four, which, uh, which we might read a... it at some other point as well. So mm-hmm. we have that on our list. of another good, another good 80 stories. Um, this, just for those of you who may buy that, um, the X-Men versus the Fantastic Four, um, there's, there's always that, uh, oh, two superhero teams come together and we're confused as what's going on, so we start fighting. But the uh, thing is Kitty Pride, who... Um, can become intangible, her molecules are starting to dissipate after, um, I believe it's after the mutant massacre, and uh, so they go to Reed Richards for help, because they don't know how else to stop her from completely dissipating. Hmm. Interesting. Well, I will have that copy soon, I think, so... um yeah, anyway, uh, so yeah, so hopefully you'll be able to join us for that next week. Also, if you uh, have any recommendations, stuff you would like us to, to look at as well to add to our list, um, there is a contact uh, link on our uh, website, and you can say, hey, by the way, this book is awesome. Uh, let us know you know, why you think it's awesome and that kind of thing, um, and uh, we'd love to hear from you. Um, and so yeah, we'll uh, see you next week. Once again, we're on uh, Instagram and uh, Tumblr and Twitter and Facebook um, and Grindr, uh, and uh, you can talk to Adam on that. Uh, so yeah, until then, uh, have a great week. Uh, be sure to tip your bartender. Don't forget to support your local comic shop and, uh, stay hydrated. Uh, we'll talk to you later. Thanks guys.